Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, presented by the University of Maryland Sports Business Society. Welcome back to another episode of the Locker Room Podcast. I'm Luke Kramer, and uh, today I have Christopher Corte on. Um, he will. He will. Uh, he is a Maryland grad and currently uh, works as director social at Three Step. Um, and uh, thank you for having. Uh, thank you for joining us, Chris. No problem. Thanks for having me, Luke. Um, so just to start us off, uh, what did you learn at Maryland that kind of helped you? in your start with the sports industry? Was it something that you learned at Maryland or um, it was just kind of a start and, and not Maryland, but college in, you know, in general? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing I learned uh, at Maryland really is that uh, your network is kind of, uh, you know, your way to success. And uh, that's the most important part uh, about kind of getting out there and getting yourself a career, not just the sports world, but in general. So. A lot of what I did in my college career was, um, you know, I worked a lot in the athletic department, did a lot of free internships. I worked with the soccer team for free. I reached out to Sasha a lot. Um, and I, you know, I just, I just stayed busy. Uh, I just kept, uh, kept working with the athletic department, staying busy, reaching out to the coaches, seeing if they need anything. Um, and I would say, you know, it, it sounds, sounds trivial, you know, just kind of like uh, hanging out with uh, the soccer team and, you know, pestering the soccer coaches, but, you know, a lot of those relationships um, are, are still relationships I have to this day. And, and, and for example, uh, you know, a lot of those guys I met in the soccer team back when I played a little bit was uh, were some of the founders uh, of the nonprofit that we kind of ended up putting together a few years ago. And a lot of those guys I work with on a youth soccer level as well and and are a lot of uh, a lot of my friends today. So, you know, I would say um, what I learned at Maryland is, you know, the whole university system um it's a good place to learn a lot of good skill sets and and really kind of see where you match up in the world but what's really going to set yourself apart what i found is kind of who you know and who you're with and the kind of the crowds that you surround yourself with that kind of you know my mom used to always say kind of show me show me who your friends are i'll tell you who you are so i kind of tried to surround myself with ambitious uh athletes uh sports business minded people and just people that uh didn't like to stay stagnant for too long because i was that's the type of guy i was so in college, I wasn't the type of person that kind of just did one thing and, and focused on it. And I kind of made sure I stayed busy with four or five different things um, because, uh, yeah, I was the type of person to um, to have a, a list of goals and uh, try to achieve every single one. You know, why not instead of going one by one? And was that a role that you felt comfortable with, like networking and or is that something that you knew you had to be in the sport or you wanted to be in the sports industry and so you force yourself to be a networking, you know, to network more and, you know, reach out to Sasha and all these other people that helped yeah. you to get where you are now. That's a good question. Um, a little bit of both. Uh, I think, you know, natural salesmen, natural communicators are kind of born. But, you know, a lot of that I had to learn to, to kind of make my dream a reality of working in sports. And, you know, a lot of that is, is something everybody's going to have to Parts of that is something everybody's going to have to learn, you know, communicating, speaking in front of an audience, writing out, 
uh, a career plan, uh, managing a project step-by-step, step, making sure your team is all on the same page. These are all like general skills. I mean, you learn this playing on a sports team, you learn this in a classroom, working in group projects. These are just basic life skills. So um, I would say I was always pretty good at speaking to people and meeting people and being friendly and just talkative in general, but I really had to hone those skills um, in order to, to make it a career um, and become a communicator on the professional level and a project manager on the professional level. So I would say it's a little bit of both. Some people are born with it. Some people are lucky. Uh, I, I was kind of born being really super talkative and super friendly and people just kind of vibe, naturally vibed with that. But a lot of those, uh, a lot of those soft skills and some of those hard skills, um, you know, that, that just comes with time and experience and a lot of, a lot of unpaid internships, just putting, <laughs> putting, putting your nose to the dirt and, uh, you know, be, that's the thing about sports is a lot of people get into it because they think it's going to be easy and glitz and glamorous and you get front row tickets to every sports games. Some of that's true. A lot of that stuff is the reason why I got into it and why I still enjoy it. But, you know, you're going to be, you know, eating a lot of dirt and, um, you know, you're going to have to be prepared to do whatever it takes to kind of get where you want to be. It's not going to be pretty at first. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I've I experienced that as well. It's like, I want to work in the industry because I'm working towards something that I enjoy, whether it's a team I enjoy or a sport I enjoy. Um, and you, you were, you're saying like uh, the glitz and glam can be the incentive, but when it comes down to it, it's about putting your nose, you know, putting your metal to the cradle, uh, whatever that is. And just kind of like, yep. you know, working hard. And um, I found that too. Um yeah, so, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna, I was just gonna say, I mean, my biggest piece of advice is is working on those soft skills, communicating, uh, just being a leader, project managing, sympathy, empathy, knowing how to sell to somebody, knowing when to not sell to somebody, which is just as important. Um, work on those soft skills, um, those hard skills, those those you know, that's what you're in school for, but really to to take those skills and kind of make them into something and make them a part of who you are. You're only going to learn that through experience. And um, what what was your how did you find your first job out of college and and what was that and um, was that something that you were like comfortable you were you know go in college to go towards or was it a wake up call um, your first mm -hmm. job how, how did you uh, experience your first year of, out of college? That's a that's a good question. My first job out of college was as the director of ops volunteer. Let's not forget that unpaid volunteer director of ops, uh, Maryland women's soccer team. Um, and yeah, I mean, actually, that was that was it was pretty crazy. I mean, towards the beginning, they couldn't even I, since I had graduated, didn't really know if I could even do the internship because it was supposed to be only for students. So this is a true story. I took uh, classes at the business school, signed up for two classes um, as someone who had already graduated and already didn't need any credits. Um, just so I could qualify for this unpaid internship with the women's soccer team. Um, and then I actually ended up dropping one of those classes and then I ended up sticking with, with the other one. But um, did I know that I was going to end up working in women's soccer as the first job? Is that something I wanted to do? Is that something I planned on doing? Not really, but it happened. And I, I couldn't, you know, the people I met there, the coaches I met there, um, you know, everything was invaluable about that experience. And it, it just goes to show that, you know, especially in the beginning, it's not going to go how you plan. 
it's not always going to be easy. You know, something I notice a lot in the sports industry is, you know, just knowing the right person can get you, you know, leaps and bounds ahead in the race with everybody else. But, um, but I didn't have those connections. You know, I wasn't lucky like that. Um, I didn't really have a relationship with Sash or the, the athletic department or anything like that. I kind of had to make that on my, on my own. And to be honest, the only people that, the only person that was really willing to speak to me was the head coach of the women's team at the time um, to really get me involved with no experience, um, with no experience, just, just being a soccer player growing up. So that, that chance they gave me at the women's soccer team, I'm forever eternally grateful for it. It allowed me to move on and then work more with the men's team and actually allowed me to network and then end up working with the men's team over at Georgetown. And, you know, a lot of those, a lot of lessons I learned there kind of helped me face a lot of realities first coming in the sports industry. Like, you know, something maybe not everybody knows, maybe some people know is that, you know, the women's game, women's athletics is underfunded in general. It's, it's tough to, to hire people and, and to kind of get support for those programs. So, you know, it was a lot of long hours, a lot of waking up at 4 a.m. to catch a flight to a game I'm not even playing in over in Wisconsin. You know what I mean? So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, my first job out of college was a director, volunteer director of ops, women's soccer. And I loved every second of it. It was not, ex it was not what I expected it to be at all, but uh, it provided me invaluable experience. And then ultimately allowed me to move on to, do other things. Um, yes, yeah, some about some of those other things. You uh, soon after you went to Germany, right? Yeah. And you you studied Germany in college, I'm assuming, or um, no, my Germany? my my father's German. My father's oh, okay. German, so I come from a very uh, you know first generation American. Father's German, mother comes from Trinidad. So both my parents came to this country with uh, not a lot of money in their pocket. Uh, each had a athletic, uh, athletic. I wish, academic scholarship to uh, to Georgetown and Howard University, respectively. And um, yeah, they made something of themselves, and that's kind of what's always, always driven me. But no, on the German, on the on the topic of being German, no, that's that's just my father. Those are language skills I've always worked on, um, and so that was a lane that I decided made a lot of sense to pursue. Uh, being that soccer and and Germans love soccer, and I speak a little bit German, that just kind of made sense to me. So um, you you worked at Leverkusen, right? How did you yeah. end up there? Did you have connections there? And um, what what was kind yeah. of like working in a European setting? Um, most of uh, the people in in the club have never uh, worked, obviously, in European soccer or the sports industry in general. Absolutely, you know that, and that's a big reason why I uh, you know wanted to connect with you guys and and kind of bring this story to light because uh, I know that you probably don't have. You know, a lot of kids that um, that are going out because soccer is special, right? You know, the, the the hub of soccer is Europe, is is England, the UK, Germany, France, that area. That's where that's where true soccer is. So, for a career choice like mine, if you want to work in soccer, it's kind of like it's like a catch twenty two. Like you you kind of can't be here. The real learning is done by by the clubs and brands that are overseas. You know, if you really want to be at the top of your game. You're going to have to learn from from the people that are uh, across the pond. So, um, but Leverkusen, um, another one, I got lucky. I mean, the whole, every single job, the first, I would say, three or four positions in my career in sports were all unpaid. Um, and they all were connected to each other somehow. Like, 
you know, like I mentioned, women's soccer team. It allowed me to talk to Sash and meet them and then allowed me to connect with the Georgetown men's program. And then from there, because I knew both Sash and the men's Georgetown program, uh, it allowed me to make friends at DC United. And so I was just able to really just dig in there and get to know as many of the big soccer, you know, teams in the DMV area. And on the topic of Leverkusen, um, you know, internship at, uh, at DC United, uh, and uh, we had guests from the Bundesliga and since Bundesliga is the German soccer league. And, and since I was really the only one in DC United with those language skills, I kind of made it a point going back to my, my uh, on the topic of being a salesman and communicator, I made it a point to reach out to them. I offered them, you know, hey, let me take you guys around the city. Let me help you guys out with some translation stuff. Let me show you around the club, that type of stuff. So just when I saw them come in, um, I didn't want to waste that opportunity at all. I reached out to them. I connected with them while they were visiting the city. Just wanted to do as much as possible for them, you know, give, 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 give. And on the last day before they ended up leaving to go back to the Bundesliga because they, they were over here to learn more about the American soccer game and kind of how our marketing compares to them because we're very we're very well known for our media and marketing but in terms of running the soccer clubs and that type of stuff you know we've got a lot to learn from from them but they came here to study our marketing and our media and you know it was by chance that I ended up bumping into them offered to help them out that entire week they were here and on the last day uh, I said you know listen I obviously have the German skills the German language skills I have a German passport as well so you know, maybe there's an opportunity I could come in for uh, another, yet another unpaid internship. So um, that was actually, that was, I forget what year that is, but that might've been 2017, but that was actually my first paid internship. That was about my fourth, my fourth position uh, in, in my sports career, my sports, uh, sports business, sports marketing career. And um yeah, no, they, 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 that was actually my first unpaid internship. They actually offered me, I think it was a thousand dollars a month. So with taxes, I had a whole $850 in my pocket overseas in a tiny one bedroom apartment where, uh, where my bathroom and my toilet were 10 feet from my face uh, in my bed. So it was tiny. I mean, it was tiny. I could see the toilet bowl from my pillow. Um, so but, you know, I loved every second of that. Every time, every single time it got hard, I told myself, there's a reason why I'm doing this. There's a reason why I'm here. And I forced myself to love every second of it. I mean, if you look at that internship, I was in Germany. Soccer is an outdoor game. I was traveling long hours. I was flying to England, sitting outside for two hours. Horrible weather. And uh, ramen noodles for dinner, that type of stuff. But, you know, I really, I really... I really forced myself to love it because I always saw the end goal in mind. So it was really, it's really like a mental, it's really like getting into sports business, sports career. Like it's the first four or five years, like buckle up. It's all about mentality. Like how badly do you want this? And, and that's the beauty of it because, you know, just like the athletes that play the sports themselves, you know, everybody wants the rewards. Everybody wants to be famous, but no one wants to put the work in. So I wouldn't have it any other way. But, uh, but yeah, the Leverkusen one, that was, that was, that was tough. It was going overseas. It was experiencing, some, experiencing something new, even though I knew the language, you know, people could pick up on my accent in 10 seconds. So I knew people were looking at me and treating me differently. So a lot, a lot of adversity. Um, but like I said, I, I kept as mentally strong as possible and, you know, persevered. That, so we've had um, in the past, we've had some people who have dealt with, 
athletes overseas, but no one's actually worked overseas on the podcast. Um, what is it? And, and here in America, football is a staple, but yeah. it's not compared to soccer over there. It's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. And especially Bundesliga. Bundesliga, yeah. I think, is one of the most family style games or, or rivalries, yeah. however you look at it. What, how did yeah. you perceive that or how was it treated over there? And um, yeah. how is it different than the U.S.? Uh, I was looking forward to this question. I mean, they're just crazier. They are absolutely nuts about soccer over there. I mean, you're absolutely right. Football, like um, baseball, America's favorite pastime. These ga- these games are ingrained into our culture. But the thing is, like, looking at it historically, like, our, cult- our, our country is not even that old. So, you know, when we talk about, like, soccer and Europeans in general, like, nothing goes deeper. Nothing goes way back than 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 those guys over there in soccer. Um, especially in Germany, you know, I'll tell you something like, especially dealing with, you know, all the World War II stuff and all the post-Nazism stuff like that, you know, it, it wasn't really looked favorably, uh, you know, to to be super like a national, to, to show too much national pride. There was almost like a, you know, a stigma surrounding German national pride after World War II. So, you know, really these people really had nothing to kind of hold on to. And so, you know, what became part of the culture, what became the magnet was the football culture, the soccer clubs. That was a point of pride for people. And it's been that way for many, many, many years, even before like the, the World War II stuff. But just speaking on cultural differences, like over here, we go to the games, it's like national anthem, you're proud to be an American, like all that stuff. Over there, it's just soccer. Like your whole family goes to the game. Like every time they lose, like your whole family is in a bad mood. Everybody... Everybody, you know, everybody for generations has been wearing the same jersey, right? So, you know, just to 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 to, to cap off my point, um, they just took it way much, way more seriously. You know, it was really, it was really life or death. You know, one of my first positions um, over in Europe was kind of watching the fan relations department, and I'm thinking in my head, like, we would never have any of this, you know, in America. Like, you know, I'm talking like during the game, you know, the crowd is chanting, you know, F you to the other coach. Sometimes they're even chanting F you to their own coach. If the coach is pissing them off with bad decisions, you know, they're throwing stuff at the other team's buses. They're lighting flares in the stadium. You know, if at any given moment, if the game ends four zero and the home team loses a riot could happen at any second. Right. So I would just say, because the game has been ingrained in their culture for hundreds and hundreds of years, soccer goes way back, you know, goes way back more than baseball or football or even basketball, right? Um, But so soccer is one of the oldest games we have. And, you know, Europe, uh, absolutely, that's that's all they do, right? And specifically speaking on the German point, nationality or national pride isn't as a commonplace as it is here in America. So that they're that much more prideful about their soccer team and that much more involved you know and working with those fan groups over there those fan relations groups you know a lot of those people they were crazy they were absolutely crazy you know so yeah i'm (laughs) you couldn't imagine no i i'm i need to make my way over i'm a liverpool fan yep so you know anfield's one of the hubs of at least english football so i need to i need to make absolutely that is a it's a it's a good choice um I don't think I've ever watched a Liverpool game. Uh, watched a lot of Bayern Munich games um, through my internship with Adidas. Uh, saw a couple of Real Madrid games. I haven't watched any Premier League games 
um, which is kind of an embarrassment since, you know, one of my, one of my co-founders for my, for the nonprofit that we're working with plays in the Premier League. So you would think I would have watched one of his games by now in person, but no, haven't, haven't been able to do it. Um, but yeah, Liverpool is a good club. It's a good choice. Let's uh, actually speak on that. So you're referring to Zach uh, Stefan, obviously, probably one of the greatest Maryland athletes of all time. Um, and you started a nonprofit called Voice that um, and Voice Now. Voice, Voice Now. Okay. Voice Now, correct. Can you speak on what that is, how it started, and where you are right now with the nonprofit? Yeah, yeah. So that was an idea kind of conceived by, uh, by Zach and Alex Prognall himself. Um, they're two former players uh, in the University of Maryland. Uh, I'm kind of the guy they brought in to kind of help organize everything and kind of help with the marketing and kind of bring my experience off of the field to kind of shape the ideas that they have going, going on with their, with their nonprofit. Um, a lot of what they brought to the table um, was all the influencer stuff, their connections, and kind of my job was to kind of, kind of help him kind of come in and uh, and kind of help with the PR marketing branding side of things, just organize everything together. But um, we are, you know, we've around for almost two years now donated close to, well, not close to over a hundred thousand dollars to different uh, charitable uh, projects that we're working on. Most of them are in collaboration with the boys and girls club from America. So what we're doing is we're, uh, getting our donations, uh, getting our funds in from our influencers, from our affiliate programs, from our affiliate sponsors, from our athletes, from our fans, getting all the donations to come in and dispersing that to clubs in the areas that mean most to us, um, to kids that have the most need. So we go to Boys and Girls Club and we ask them, you know, how are your clubs looking in the DMV area? You know, Zach's from Philly. We're always looking to reach out to see how the Philly clubs are doing. And then, of course, Zach played in Ohio and Columbus and Alex is from from that area. So we're taking care of those guys in Columbus as well. But the goal is we started we wanted to start by just organizing all the athletes together, all their friends, uh, all the guys I know in sports, kind of organizing all the influencers, kind of picking and choosing who's most deliberate with their actions, who's most involved in the nonprofit side, who wants to get who's who's most interested and kind of categorizing our influencers that way. And then kind of just growing our network and growing our network. And then we started creating nonprofit and donation opportunities. Um, and one of the first organizations that reached out to us was the boys and girls club. So we do a lot of stuff with the boys and girls club this year. You will see a lot more soccer. I was going to say football, soccer, soccer focused programs coming out this summer. We're going to do a lot of soccer camps. We're going to have some stuff with uh, DC United some of the DC United players are going to come out and support some of the stuff we're doing. We're going to present a big check to, I think, the Boys and Girls Club. And that might be in the College Park area. That was in conjunction with, uh, with Sasha. He hooked us up with that. So, you know, we're really just growing slowly. But the, the goal of Voice Now is, A, we're teaching people to speak up, speak their mind, um, say what you're passionate about, mean what you say, say what you mean. We're trying to organize as many athletes and use their power of communication of social media and kind of speak to the youth and not just speak to the youth, but kind of, you know, help them in a way where it's like, we're teaching them, you know, we're helping with scholastic endeavors. We're helping with after school programs. We're supporting school, school programs. We're buying kids laptops, that type of stuff. So the goal for us is always education. So voice now is about speaking up for what you believe in 
and educating yourself and being empathetic and sympathetic and educating others. And because the best way, the whole thesis is the best way to deal with racism is through education. So we're big on education. We're big on soccer. And uh, this is year number two. Uh, and uh, we're growing slowly but surely. That's fantastic. I, I love hearing that. And I love hearing, you know, obviously Maryland alums and, and athletes um, doing great things in, in the nearby community. And um, it seems like you've used uh, your past connections and networking opportunities to get to further your current um, project, which I think is really Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't even have known about that nonprofit idea that was floating around between Zach and Alex if I didn't you know, DM Zach randomly one day and, and say, you seeing all this George Floyd stuff? Like, isn't this crazy? And he's like, yeah, it is. I'm actually doing something about it. You should hop in. So, you know, like that, that led to me working with these guys the past two years and building this beautiful nonprofit initiative and doing all this great stuff. Like really your network. And that goes back to my first point. Like if I didn't know Zach, if I didn't know about Alex, if I didn't know about Zach, if I didn't know about Sash, if I didn't know about you know, general football news, if I wasn't following this on Instagram, not just following on Instagram, but reaching out to people. If I didn't do any of that, um, I, wouldn't ha I wouldn't have had a lot of opportunities in my career. And, you know, that's, that's basically my main message here is that you, you're going to have to ask 99, you know, 100 times, and you're going to get 99 of them are going to be no, um, but you're going to get that one yes. And that's the whole, that's the whole freaking point, right? One yes can change your whole life. So, and I was lucky enough to get a couple yeses, Leverkusen, women's soccer team, voice now, that type of stuff. So, you know, every time it happens, I'm counting my lucky stars. I'm, I'm thanking the universe for, for blessing me, for giving back to me. I'm thanking karma. But I know that if you're doing something 100 times, it's probably going to fail 99 times, but you're going to get it one, right once. And um, that one moment can change your life. You've spoken on, uh, you know, your many different job titles and, you know, different in, like places you've been. Um, and a lot of them are very different and diverse in, in nature um, between working at Leverkusen and DC United in Maryland. Um, many uh, college, especially post-grad and soon to be post-grad students don't know what the right job is, especially in the sports industry yeah. because it's so diverse, but it's so yeah. convoluted. How do you know, or how do you know um, what the right job is and like what jobs yep. to, take to get to the right job? Um, you want to know the real answer? You don't. You absolutely do not. And there's only one way to find out is by actually doing something about it, actually trying stuff. Um, I had no idea. I mean, I thought my whole life, like I would be an operations guy. I'd be on the field. I'd be jumping on planes, working with the first team, like working with athletes, being on the field, maybe I don't really, I, I know I, I didn't really want to coach. I know, you know, and I knew I wasn't going to make millions off of playing, but I figured I would be somewhere near the team and whatever. Long story short, didn't do anything like that. Ended up doing marketing, ended up figuring out marketing operations, ended up wanting to become the guy that ran the soccer team, not the guy that coached and worked with the players, but instead the guy that kind of made the whole thing tick. So um yeah the truth is you don't really know and even if you think you know you probably still don't because it's probably because because you, you probably you know the way to kind of figure it out is you have to look at somebody who has the same career path that you envision and fast forward all the way to the end and if that's what you want your life to look like look like then go down that road but 
if you have any problem with any steps in between getting to that end goal, if like, oh, I don't want to do this, or maybe I could skip that part, then don't do it. Then don't do it. If you're uncomfortable with any bit of the journey, don't do it. And that's why I say be mentally strong, persevere through it, keep the final goal in mind. So um, try a bunch of different things. I get this question a lot. It's like, oh, how do I figure out? How do I get my start? Literally send a million emails. You're going to get one answer. Send a million texts, send a million DMs, go on LinkedIn, grow your network, message a bunch of people, you know, uh, try stuff, offer, offer to help for free, try new stuff and keep going. You will fail in the beginning. Like, especially with social media, we're afraid to fail. But I was, I, I was never, I was never ashamed of, of failure or figuring it out or, and I'm still, I'm still figuring out, you know, I'm 28, I'm still figuring out. Um, but I was never ashamed of failure or, or me, people making fun of me because I always knew what the end goal was. And the end goal was to, you know, own a, own a soccer team in the MLS and be a chairman uh, and a CEO of a professional soccer team. So I always know what I'm working towards. So all these, all these little struggles and bumps in the roads, um, it doesn't bother me. Um, but especially in the beginning, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, I mean, I sent out to, I mean, if I look at my teamwork online profile, which is, which is how I applied to most of my jobs, I think I sent out 296 applications in the first year I graduated and only, and only one person hit me back. And that was DC United. And I thought to myself, like, why am I sending applications out to Wisconsin and California and Florida and everybody and across the, when the only when the person that hit me back was, was the, was the club 10 minutes down the road. You know what I mean? I could have just walked down the road and introduced myself. So don't be afraid to try a million things. People a million different ways. Don't be afraid to walk, you know, walk into someone's office and introduce yourself. Don't waste opportunities, especially early in your career. Like these people that you meet, you have no idea what's going to happen in 10, 15 years. They could be, you know, the CEO of a company you're dying to get a job for. And uh, they're going to remember you based off of one or two positive interactions years down the road. You never know. You never know. So the short answer, like I said, is um, we don't know much about what's going to happen in life, especially, you know, when you're fresh out of college, you think you know everything and, you know, you're completely focused on results and impressing your friends. But to tell you the truth, you're going to have to eat a lot of dirt, you know, those first few years trying to work in sports. But the other side of that is going to be beautiful. And then you can take your cool Instagram pics and get all your likes. But the first few years, you're going to have to eat a lot of dirt. So like I said, buckle up and stay mentally strong. Great. Well, uh, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I know I've learned a lot. Um, Absolutely. And I don't doubt anyone else won't. Um, uh, for all our listeners, make sure you listen to us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we post every week. Um, we'll be wrapping up season two in the middle of July, but season three will come back in September. Thank you again, Chris. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Absolutely. I want to give a shout out to voice. Now we have our run for equality with the university of Maryland men's and women's soccer team. Every February, we have a run for equality. So just had it this year. We are about to donate about, uh, 15 to almost, uh, I'm not sure the exact number. Don't quote me, but we're about to make a big donation to boys and girls clubs in the college park in Baltimore area and catch us next year at the run for equality 2023. Yeah. We'll see you next year guys. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.